Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I'm excited to preach tonight. Um, I actually have several rounds in the chamber, Pastor Matt. Just, yeah, he's like, uh, and so, uh, you know, there's this old pastor's joke. It's like, I'm a little bit like a mosquito in a nudist colony. You know, where do I begin? Um, <laughs> you know, you've been doing ministry for a long time when you pull those ones out of there. Are, yeah, I don't know when I heard that or where I heard that one. I, and there's plenty of those where that came from. <laughs> Just, oh, my word. Yeah, keep going. Okay, here we go. So, <laughs> show Kathy Griffin what comedy really looks like. Um, <laughs> oh, speaking of comedy, I, uh, I've been playing pickleball in the mornings, a couple, couple mornings. I grew up playing pickleball. It was invented in Seattle. And the way we grew up playing, it was like tennis. You had a wooden paddle, and you played like kind of single style. Well, now it's like, you know, giant ping pong. Everybody's up there, and it's really popular with the, you know, the senior discount crowd. Um, and so I was like, my, my family got me a little pickleball membership at the little place at the bottom of our hill. So I'm like, I'm going to go. And I played before, you know, Samson style. I will go up as I did before in my strength. And I didn't realize like my hair had been cut. And uh, I get out there, and Grandma with a knee brace is just slapping it down on me. And I'm just like, oh, wow. This is really, really pathetic, you know? I'm, ah, you know, ah, and she's like, dink, 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 dink. And I'm like, come on, Grandma, give me a break. Go easy on me, you know? Wearing a knee brace. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just like, okay, wow. At one, so I'm like, okay, I, I gotta get, I gotta get better. I got this is basically a new type of game. Don't view it as tennis. Don't view it like you did. You gotta have, you know, renew your mind into this. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start looking at, you know, watching a couple of videos, seeing you know, different people play and things like that. So I get into a couple of games and I'm, and I'm like, okay, my biggest problem is, you know, my touch. It's, you know, it's a little more finesse now. So I'm like, my touch is out, and so I'm like, I'm gonna. I've been giving away too many. I gave away four points in one game. We should have won the game. I gave away four. Totally my bad. I felt bad for the partner because he was like a better player, was all in the strategy and stuff like that. And I'm just like, bro, I'm just trying to get over the net right now. You know, not into the net, over the net and in the court. And uh, so I was like, I started counting my unforced errors. You know, times where I just totally goofed it, you know, hit it out, hit it in the net, whatever it was, uh, set somebody up for a slam, just things. So I was like, okay, the next game, I reduced it by half. I'm like, okay, I was at seven before. I only did three this time. While I was doing that, and I was still losing the game, I was finding the Holy Spirit says, why are you counting your errors? And I was like, all right, what should I get? What should I track? The Holy Spirit's like, why don't you track your kill shots? I'm like, ooh, now we're talking. So I started tracking every time I slammed it on grandma. And I'm like, uh-oh. Now the grandma slams have doubled and the errors decreased because I started looking at the, the good part of what was going on. Like, okay, this is how good. Oh, yeah. Grandma! I'll see you at the buffet later. 
I, got to, I wanted to move the needle in the game, you know what I mean? And the way you move the needle is not looking at the mistakes you made, but the wins you got. And Pastor Matt was just up there saying it, right? You're up there looking at the past going, oh man, look at all this stuff I got trailing behind me. And God's like, why don't you start counting your wins and then we can start moving this needle and start doing things better. This is why, you know, men's and, and women's prayer, we, I, I don't know, I've never been to women's prayer, so I can't say that officially, but we do God stories in men's prayer. You do, I mean, okay, in women's prayer too, right? And I, I want to encourage you to find a God story in your life. Find out what it is, and maybe you got to start with a little one, you know, just something small, like, hey, I, I didn't cuss at my kids today. Hey, that's a win, okay? Then now we got to get like three days and four days and a week, you know what I mean? I didn't kick the dog this week. That was my God story. You know, two claps for that. Right, you gotta start somewhere. You gotta put the seed in the ground and let it start going. You need to have God stories and you need to be rehearsing them and writing them down and telling people about the God stories because as you do that, whatever you focus on will begin to enlarge. Start focusing on what the good is going on, on the kill shots against the devil and you'll start having less errors. Can I get an amen? Amen, I, I actually, the mess title of my message tonight is Move the Needle. Paul, the apostle, was a move-the-needle kind of guy, right? Like, he didn't, like, waste time. He went into places, and, you know, he would just go after it. There was not, like, a whole lot of, you know, fluff around what he was doing. It was like, I'm going to get in here. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to go to the Jews first. If they, don't, if they kick me out, I'm going to go to all the Gentiles and get all them saved. He just went in and did it. One time, he, they stoned him. They dragged him out. He's like, I'm not done yet. Gets back up, walks back into town, and says, the needle has not moved yet, and starts preaching some more. Sometimes he moved the needle so much they had to sneak him out of the town so that he wouldn't get killed. Like, this is the kind of person I want to be. I want to be somebody who moves the needle, right? I want to be somebody who doesn't just rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic and go, oh, look, hey, the ship's going down, but man, the chairs look nice, right? And some, it's easy for us to do that. It's easy for us to do the things that are just kind of the, the never-ending to-do list. It's easy for us to do those things rather than actually move the needle. So tonight, we're going to get into how to move the needle. Let's first get into 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. It says this. I'm reading out of the New King James Version, for those of you who are wondering. It says this. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Just let that sit in for a minute. Some of you are like, but I got a participation trophy yesterday. <laughs> no, one receives the prize. This is the Bible speaking, okay? That's not me. This is the Bible. Run in such a way that you may obtain it, okay? Just, just put that in the back of your mind for the rest of your life. You need to be running in a way that you are the one who wins the prize. Just, just, just think about it. Verse 25, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we, say we, for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. New Living Translation says shadow boxing. Verse 27, but I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should have become or should become disqualified. Everybody runs the race. Whether you like it or not, you are in a race. If you want to be 
cute, the human race. We're all in the human race. No, we're, we're all in a race and running a prize. You have a prize. That prize is eternity. It is God's will for your life here on earth, and you are running to win that goal. You're the only one who can win that prize as long as you don't disqualify yourself and go to hell. He said, hell in church. I know. We'll get there. No, we won't get there. Yeah, we're not going to get there. We're going to heaven. But we want to run in such a way that we are going to actually win the prize. We're going to be running in such a way that we obtain the prize. We're all in it. We're running to obtain. The word obtain literally just means to accept or lay hold of, which is interesting because later down he says, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we do it for an imperishable crown. Paul says, on one hand, there's a prize that everyone kind of gets. He says, but you need to run to obtain it. The second time he uses obtain it, it's like a super heavy emphasis on obtain. It's like, this isn't just, you know, at the end I receive it, they put it in my hands. The way he says, when he says run to obtain it, run in such a way that you obtain or receive it, it's kind of like this kicking, fighting, clawing, I'm not going to let anybody else win. Like, if you've ever seen The Last Dance and Michael Jordan says, and I took that personally. Like, that, that's the kind of mentality you have. I watched a video the other day, and it was, it was Charles Barkley talking about when they were on Team USA playing basketball. They played two rounds. Michael Jordan played two rounds of golf, and then they were like, okay, Jordan, you're going to guard this other guy. He's like, no, I'm guarding the point guard. They're like, no, man, you're tired. You played two rounds. He goes, no, that guy said something about me in the paper the other day. And then he just shut that guy down. Didn't give him a single point, didn't give him a single rebound, and Jordan put up, you know, double digits on his face. That, that's running in a way to obtain the prize, right? That's saying, I'm going to shut out everything else out, and this is my goal, and I'm going for it. Our goal is to fulfill the will of God on our lives. We have to run in such a way to obtain that prize. Are you running that way? Are you going? Do you have that mentality doesn't have to be the mamba mentality. It has to be the Jesus mentality. Jesus set aside everything else, looking under the, the cross, saying, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything until I complete and finish the will of God, and then I'm going to get up, and then I'm going to rest up in heaven when I get up there. He had a focus on him. Are you running in such a way that you are going to win that prize? But it's not enough that we run the way, we run it just for ourselves. We're actually supposed to be running and helping others win their prize. And that's where sometimes, not sometimes, this is where we differentiate from the world. The, run, the world will step and claw and push other people down so they can get to the top, right? We do not do that as believers. We're running in such a way that we receive our prize and we look over and somebody's, you know, gasping for air. We go, no, come on, get up. You got to keep running. You got to get going. Come on, let's do it together, right? That's how we're supposed to be doing this thing. So when we move people closer to Jesus, whenever we move people closer to eternity, that's how we actually move the needle. And I want you to think about that for a second because all the, all the nice things that we can do that are kind and earthly and really good, they don't often move the needle. But it's when we start doing the spiritual things that make people more like Jesus that we really move the needle. Right? Like, hey... You know, someone calls up, man, they had something bad going. You're like, oh, man, I heard about that. I'm so sorry. I'll see you Sunday. No, stop. Pray for that person. That's what's going to move the needle. 
No, don't just say you'll pray for them. Just take a second right there, pray for them. You're in the grocery store, you're on the phone, you're in the car, whatever it is. Take a second and move the needle because I can guarantee you from personal experience that when people have done that or when I have done that, someone will come back and say, man, I'm so glad you just took 13 seconds, 30, whatever it was, just to pray for me right then and there. You didn't know how much I needed it in that moment. What we do because we need to know that we're moving the needle when we push people towards eternity, towards the spiritual side of things, towards becoming more like Jesus, that's how we begin to move the needle. And when we start doing and thinking that we can do things on our own, we can manipulate to make people better, or we can trick them into to serving, no. No, when we get people in line, when they catch on to the will of God and they realize, oh, I'm serving because I love Jesus, because I, he gave me everything, I'm giving him everything back in return. <laughs> Tithing is more about a revelation than it is about your wallet status. It's like, wow, God, you did that for me? Here's 10% totally, you can have that. Oh, you're gonna bless me more because of that? Wow, what a powerful message, Pastor Kat. That was amazing. Probably the best tithe message I've heard in a while, including the one that I shared a little bit ago. (laughs) Sad, it's sad. Everything else, though, is shadow boxing. It's beating the air because it doesn't move the needle. It doesn't drive people closer to eternity. So what are we doing? When, when we talk about, like Paige and I, we've, we've made a, our, my lovely families here, they're beautiful, amazing teenagers, growing young adults. For us, we've always wanted to, we don't, and we don't necessarily use the phrase move the needle on a regular basis, but we've always wanted to gear them towards eternal things. What does eternity look like? Okay, what do you want to do with your life? Okay, why do you want to do that? What is the Holy Spirit saying? And we've guided and moved, and we, sometimes, you know, that comes through experience, sometimes that comes through wisdom. You know what I mean? And ideally, it's a little bit of both. But we always want to drive our kids into that place. The school system's over there. They're, they're moving the needle in the wrong direction, right? They're driving towards a different type of eternity, the eternity that we're trying to call people out of. We're trying to get them to heaven. Amen? So that begs the question, how do we move the needle? Number one, if you're taking notes, and I would encourage you to take notes just because you probably forget it. And if you write it down, you won't have to forget it. You can just look at it later. Number one partner with God. That seems like super easy, right? But I'm playing pickleball, and I'm not trying to make this a big pickleball like Pastor, uh, Pastor Samuel's golf message, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> go ahead. But you, you know, there's two people. You're playing doubles, right? Well, I, I realized pretty quickly that my partner really determines uh, not only how, if we win or lose, but how well I'll play. Like, if they're playing worse than me, I'm like, Pfft. We already got enough problems right here. I don't need you hitting into the net. I need you to get it over. You know, you got to do your job. But when you start playing with somebody better and they know what to do and they're saying, okay, you need to stand here. You need to move up a little bit or I got this ball. I got, all of a sudden the game starts going better. But when you make the mistakes, there's a partner there who can cover for you, who can hit the ball back, who can return it and keep the game going. If you're not partnering with God, who are you partnering with? And what are they doing in your life, right? Pastor Matt did a whole message on this on Sunday about agreement. Who are you partnering? Who are you in agreement with that's either helping you or detracting from you? This is a side note. The two most important decisions you can ever make in life is, number one, partnering with Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, right? And number two is your spouse, Because that partnership alone, which is why the devil hates this, will either enhance your relationship with God or detract from your relationship with God. Thank God I found a good one. 
Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. I don't know if you've ever seen a man look for something, but like, where's the ketchup? Where's the ketchup? It's right here. Oh, thank you. That's the way it was with my wife. I was totally aloof, still am to this day when it comes to women. And she, I called me up and she pursued me, thank God, because I probably would have just been you know, in Nowheresville, I'm like the antithesis of the player in the world. I'm just a regular Joe, you know, just trying to serve Jesus. But I found my wife, and it was a good thing, and I have obtained favor because of it, and I love her. <laughs> Even if you are the best, you know, player of pickleball or whatever it is in your partnership, and, and your player is no, your, second, your partner is no good, they will drag you down. They will make you lose. And so you have to realize who are you partnering with? What things are you partnering with in your, th- in your thought world, in your, in your business world, in your family world? What things are you partnering with on Instagram, on TikTok, on all the social media? What are you partnering with? Are you partnering with God or are you partnering with the world system? Just throwing it out there. You'll never move the needle without partnering with God. You've got, to, you've got to trust him when the waiting. There's times where it's like, okay, I'm not doing as good, but thank God my partner is here to pick up the slack from me. And, and along these lines, I just felt this a prophetic word that for somebody here is uh, this is only the beginning to early, early part of the chapter. You, you feel like this is the, the chapter's already been written, but God says, no, this is just the beginning of the chapter. The end is still coming, and the end is really good. We, this is the beginning. We don't know. If you ever watched, <laughs> you ever watched a, a movie with your mother-in-law or a woman in general, the opening credits, what's going on? Who's this guy? What is he doing here? Where, why are they in Latvia? I, I, I just started this movie too. I don't know. But I do know this. If we watch it together, they'll show us. There you go. The real ones know, just verbally processing the whole movie. (laughs) No, no, why is he doing that? Hey, look, you're in the beginning of the movie. It's going to get better. It's all, this is a happy ending kind of movie, FYI. Amen. Wave at me if you receive that. Some of you at the beginning, come on, that's right. Chapter's not over, still being written. (laughs) Equalizer three. Point number two, remove the filler. Paul says all athletes are disciplined, right? My buddy Troy, right? Yeah, he's got me. He's like, you know, box, 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 boxing, you know, just shredded, right? Not a, not a, you can tell I'm a boxer. <laughs> Wait, that hurts that you're laughing. No, it's kidding. Remove the filler of, of all the, you know, the, they're doing things in a certain way. They're, they're the, the, the movements, the exercises they're doing to train their body to fight and respond to, to the other person, right? What are we doing in our life? What's the filler that we're, are we really preparing ourselves? Are we really disciplining ourselves to focus on the race that's ahead of us? Are we, are we so focused on leisure, Margaritaville, you know what I mean? All that kind of, Baha mode, Baha mood, 
Are we so focused on those things that there's so much filler in our life that we're not disciplining ourselves? Discipline is a good word, same as repentance. These are words that our, our, our world system is sort of taking up and saying, man, these are bad things. You don't want to get disciplined. You don't want to repent. That sounds awful. God's going to judge you. No, these are good words. When you discipline, there's actually a whole book called The Celebration of Discipline. One of my favorite books, it's about reading the word, having a discipline, a habit of every morning reading your Bible every day. My kids always joke that I always talk about reading your Bible every day. I will always talk about reading my Bible every day. I'll always talk about praying every day because that is a discipline that every person, every believer needs to have in their life if you want to run the race and run in such a way that you obtain the prize. All these athletes, they say they run with purpose. There is a purpose. We need to be intentional about life. Are you being intentional with who you're hanging out with? Are you being intentional with your friendships? Are you being intentional in business? Are you having a purpose behind it? The world is out there and all these, all the gen, whatever letter we're at now, the youngest people who are entering the workforce, they all want to work for these companies that have these, these great missions. We're going to stop global warming. And you do what again? Oh, you do an Excel app? Oh, uh, how does that stop global warming? I don't, I don't know. But they want to be, they're so mission-driven because inside of each and every one of us is purpose and calling, and they're looking for that, trying to find it, except they're just getting loaded up with filler. Bring your dog to work day, you know. It's not going to help anybody. I don't have time to beat against the wind. You and I don't have time to beat against the wind. And ah, hopefully this is working. Hopefully this is working. You know, don't walk into me. That, that, that's what a lot of people, how they live their life, right? Okay, okay, this year is going to be different than next year, I think. Wait, wait, where did next year go? You know, I was teaching at Awaken You uh, last week, and I was talking about the man. Yeah, come on, Awaken You. What, what? And I was talking about the man at the pool of Bethsaida, and he'd been there for 38 years, and he had no one to bring him in the water, even though the angels came and stirred it up, and one lucky person would win the daily lotto to roll themselves into the water. But this guy, for 38 years, he'd just been sitting there, and I just began to ask the Holy Spirit, like, what was the deal with this guy? And he's like, he got comfortable. He was like, you know what? These guys aren't going into the water. And for 38 years, he started building up this, this community, and they just sat there and said, well, oh, oh, Joe, I guess Joe made it. Yeah, he won. He's out of here. Cool. Jesus comes to the guy and says, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made whole? And the guy's like, I got no one to help me. And Jesus is like, get up, take your mat, and get out of here. See, this guy wanted the, the waters to be stirred up, and Jesus says, I'm going to stir your faith because no one's coming to help you. So you need to look to the Lord where your real help comes from. He's the maker of heaven and earth. You're over here trying to wait for something to stir up. Year 39 is gonna be my year. I'm, see, I'm gonna get in the waters and things are gonna change. No, stir your faith up. Start believing that you can stand up, pick up your mat and walk up on out of here. Walk out of your problems. Walk out of your situation. And if you want more of that kind of stuff, you can go to Awaken You and get that on a regular basis. You will always have a to-do list. Every morning, it'll start. It'll just pile up. Don't worry about it. No, you've got, you got to do things, but you've got to first be with the Lord. You've got to first spend time and hear his voice. That's the real to-dos. Right? Okay, next point, third point. As I said before, focus on the wins. In, in, in my thoughts, I'm like, how to get better at pickleball. 
I've got to clean up my mistakes. I've got to clean up my errors. I've got to make myself better. And God's like, God's way of thinking was, no, focus on what you're doing well because what you focus on gets bigger. It enlarges, right? What you focus on, what you give attention to will grow. So I start focusing on the slams. I start focusing on, you know, the good hits and the serves. I served one today. I aced this fool. Just boom, spun it right out. And he was like, good serve, man. And it's hard to do an ace and pickleball if you don't know. That ball is weird. <laughs> what you focus on grows. Too many of us, we get focused on, not on the wins, on the mistakes. Man, you don't understand. I, I use this all the time. Like when youth pastors, some young guy, would, some young kid would come up and be like, Pastor, you don't understand what I've done. I'm like, tell me, 13-year-old, what have you done that's so bad that Jesus' blood can't forgive you? You know what I mean? No, oh, the other day, man. It's like, get real. Get out of here. That's the best thing about youth. You can just tell them straight up, and they'll be like, oh, okay, cool. Adults will, adults will be like, I'm so offended right now. I am never coming back to this church again unless you say you love me. Unless you recognize me, I won't come back here. Just be like a kid again, okay? Just be like, man, that, you know what? Maybe that was right. Maybe I do need to. I told you this, I'll, I'll say this all the time. God offends the mind to reveal what's in your heart. I'll say it again. God offends your mind to reveal what's in your heart. He'll, he'll send you a verse and you'll be like, ow, that's not doctrinally correct. He, he doesn't want that. No, that's for you. That's for you. There's nothing better than just sitting in silence and letting the word just hit you. You're like, oh, that was for me. That was a word for me. You'll never move the needle if you don't focus on, if you, unless you focus on the winds. Focus on the wins. What are the wins in your life? Tonight, your homework tonight, later on tonight, write down what are the wins that you're going through? What are the wins that have happened? What does 2023 look like? Okay, yeah, there's been some downs, but there's been a lot more ups. I guarantee you that if you start looking at the wins, you'll be like, man, there was a lot of good things that happened in 2023. And then you'll be like, okay, Lord, what's 24 going to look like? I'm going to get, and then you start praying. You need to be praying now, FYI. You need to be praying now for the word for 2024. What is God saying to you? What is the word that, what is the scripture he's got for you so that you can say in the midst of the valleys when you're walking with Jesus and it seems like the shadow of death, God, you can walk with God. God, this is the verse you gave me. I'm standing on that verse. Lord, where is it? Where's the Lord God of Elijah? Where's his power? Where's his anointing? And he'll answer, and he'll show you. Focus on the winds. Last point. Eternity is the biggest win. It's so easy to get focused on the natural and to look at the natural and to be like, man, this world, if I don't, and all these things, and, and God's up in heaven. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen this graphic before where it's like life is a dot and then eternity is just this big long line afterwards. It's a blink of an eye. It's a vapor. And eternity is forever. Paul puts it like this, for, to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. But in our world, we've flipped it around and been like, for me, to live is gain. How much can I get? What can I do? How big can I be? And then to die, because I'm a Christian, then I'll go be like Christ. 
Paul says, no, no, no. For me, living here on earth is Christ. And when I get to heaven, that's where the real gain is. Our focus has to be on eternity all the time. Just what God, this is how we change things. This is why we do Night of Christmas. This is why we do Twisted. This is why we do Hero. This is why we do men's prayers and women's prayers and Sunday morning and Wednesday. This is why we do these things because our eyes are on eternity because we're looking and saying, that person needs Jesus. That person, my neighbor needs Jesus. Kathy Griffin needs Jesus, right? We I gotta be so focused on eternity that we see that every single person has eternity inside of them and that motivates us to invite them, to buy them a ticket, to do whatever we can to compel them into the house of God. It's that focus on eternity, knowing that there is an eternity out there that drives us to do the things that we do every single day. Everything we can, everything we do can have an eternal focus on it. Everything we do, it doesn't have to, you know, be a side thing or be like, no, well, now I'm going to do the spiritual side of things. Now I do the sacred. This is my secular stuff over here. I work in. No, your sacred goes into all areas of life. The holy goes into everything, into every aspect. If you're at, if you're at a job, you're a secret service for Jesus, looking for people who you can pray for, who you can invite to church, who you can find and help and encourage. You should be the most encouraging. You should be the best person to work with. If they look at you and say you're a Christian, they should be, wow, that's what a Christian looks like? Not like, oh, that was literally what a Christian looks like. Because you're over there, you, every time you got to talk, you got to lean on the shovel to talk. Like, no, you should be digging that ditch faster than everybody else if that's what you do. If you're, You better be the best ditch digger out there. Best computer programmer, whatever, best salesperson, whatever it is. You better be the best at what you do. So that when people look at you, they're like, wow, that, I want to be like that. When you see all the heroes of the faith in the Bible, people looked at them like, there's something different about this person. This is, there's, there's, there's something special on them. That's how we should be in every arena. When we have our eyes on eternity, when we're fixed on eternity, that's the way we'll live. Don't worry about the gain Heaven is gain. Worry about being like Jesus. That's how we begin to move the needle in our lives. That's how we begin to move the needle in our life. We, if we get focused on the gain, we start looking down at the world and being like, okay, what do I need? What do I need? No, we got to look up to heaven. We should be the most innovative people on earth. We should have the best ideas because we have the best God who created all of heaven and earth. I'm tired of the world system showing us what we should be doing. No, I'm not, I said this in a time, I'm not, I'm not the locust. I'm not the mindless consumer that just eats whatever's put in front of them. From radio to food to toys to whatever, the latest, greatest. I'm not a mindless consumer. I'm a giant slayer. I'm a territory taker. I'm somebody who takes territory for Jesus, for the kingdom's sake. One of my favorite verses says, we're not those that draw back. says it in Hebrews. We're not those who draw back. We're those who believe to the saving of the soul. We're those who believe. We're not, we're not those who draw back. And, and that's why I think what happened a lot 
A lot of times, and we've, we've talked about this a bunch in this church, and I'm, I'm glad for it because we need to identify it. We're not those who, you know, Jesus is coming back. Let's get the well. Let's get the four patriot, you know, food system going. The big bucket of mac and cheese that'll last for 50,000 years. We're not those who draw back. The devil's going to pour the heat. I'm going to pour it on hotter. I'm going to push more. Paul says, with the weak, I show myself weak. With the strong, I show myself strong. He's like, no, come on, bring it. What do you got? I got someone greater. My partner will trounce you. Let's all stand as we close this evening. First and foremost, if you're here tonight and you are not partnering with God and you say, I want to get saved. I want to partner with Jesus. I want him to be my all in all. Whether it's the first time or the 51st time, can you just wave at me? I just want you to, I want, and you say, I want to, I want to make Jesus my partner. Just, just wave at me. Thank you. See those hands? Yes, thank you. Hands all over. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Come on, yeah, let's... That's a win. I want to just invite you down to this altar. If you just waved your hand, just come down to this altar. We want to, we want to pray for you. Just come on down. You wave. You're bold enough to wave. Just come on down, guys. Yeah, thank you. There are some in the back. We'll wait for you. Come on. They're coming down. Just come on right in here. Come on. Fill right in here. They're perfect, perfect, yeah. They're all coming in. This is the, the best decision you can ever make. Like, this is, this is it. This is the one that changes everything. And uh, you, I wanted to say, proud of you. You know, like, it's, it's a big deal. When you say, man, I, I realize Jesus is the one I want. That's the shift. That's the, how you move the needle. You just move the needle. went from almost empty. You just slammed it all the way over to full. Just hold your hands like this and repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I thank you that you died for me and that you're filling me up. I ask you to forgive me and become my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's. We're going to have some of our ministry team come and pray with you, and we want to give you a Bible and a following Jesus book. And why don't you actually just, why don't you all just come right over here, because I want to do another altar call. Just slide on down this way. We're going to have some people pray for you. Come right on. Just slide on down. Beautiful. Yeah, just keep, just keep sliding down there. we got some ministry team that will come pray. These handsome men and women, beautiful women, handsome men. If you're here tonight, though, and you say, Casey, I've had way too much filler in my life. I want to get it out, and I want to run with purpose towards the goal. I just want you to come down because we want to pray for you. 
We want to pray. We want to get you that breakthrough that you've been asking for. As I was saying, you're here and you're like, oh, I feel like it's the end of the chapter. God's like, no, this is the beginning. If that's you, just, just come down. We want to pray for you. we got our ministry team. Just come on down. Come on down. I'm going to turn it back over to Pastor Matt. Thank you. God bless you. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.